Squid Comics Podcast, episode 58. 58, huh? Yeah. 58. I'm Drew. I'm Don. I'm Scott. And we get together every couple weeks and do a podcast. I guess on uh, this cool Anchor app that we use to do the podcast, um, you can like set seasons. So at some point, we need to switch to season two and like start doing season two. Oh. You know what I'm saying? But right now, I'm going to open my beer. So. Yeah, I hate it when podcasts do that. Episode 175, season 10. Oh, yeah, that beer is not that good, is it? No, it's not. It's is that why you offered it to me? No. I, uh, it's I, got a little cool of a chocolate ap- a- uh, aftertaste. Something in there. I mean, it's, This is Boatswain Chocolate Stout. Scott said you can get this cheap in Wichita. You can at Trader Joe's. Trader, Trader, Joe's. Trader Joe's. Oh, you went all the way to Trader Joe's to get beer? No, we were out there <laughs> on the east side anyway for some other stuff. And uh, cool. we stopped by there and this was only five bucks for a six pack. So wow. I do like my Is that a good beer. price? Uh, anytime I, I, can, I haven't bought anytime beer I can forever. get beer for yeah. under a buck a, a beer, can. pretty good. It's so pretty good. sweet, but it's not that bad. I mean, but yeah, Shots. that initial shot is kind of like ooh, stout brewed with cocoa powder. Cocoa powder, not cocaine. Is this like Trader Joe brand or something? I have absolutely no idea to tell you the truth. I just seen chocolate stout and five dollars and thought. Speaking ooh. of cocaine. Buster Moody posted on like his Facebook page. Speaking of that, um, Buster Moody posted on his Facebook page in like 1987. Frank Miller wrote and drew Dark Knight Returns and also wrote like Electro Assassin. Mm -hmm. I think he might have done one other thing. Oh, and wrote uh, Born Again. All like all in like one year. And somebody commented like, "Yeah, cocaine is an awesome drug." (laughs) (laughs) And someone was like. If that's what happens, we should all be on cocaine. <laughs> hmm. And that's a pretty amazing output if you think about it. Oh, yeah. In one year. What? Say again. Dark, Dark Knight, Knight Returns. Returns. He wrote Electra Assassin with Bill Sienkiewicz, mm-hmm. and he wrote Born Again with David Mazzucchelli. Daredevil. How Born long was Born Again? What, like five, six issues, maybe? So that's only ten... It's only like 18 issues. <laughs> that's true, but Dark Knights are double-sized because they're a prestige format. Right, that's true. And so he wrote Andrew. He did do that. I, it's a pretty amazing... I'm not saying so much the quantity of work. How about the quality? Right, yeah, no, no, no. That just, like, it hit all, everything hit on all... Like, those are all three great stories. I right. Mean, don't get me wrong. I'm just saying... I mean, how many books does... At to, at his peak, how many books was Bendis writing? Well, yeah, um, I know. Yeah, and how many Pete? How many books? Sure. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, like, from a writer standpoint, not that impressive. Not that impressive. Yeah. For writing comic books, but Correct. writing and drawing Dark Knight, and then yeah, um, I think they all just came out that year too. I just right. No, no I was no, just no. making a cocaine joke. Sorry. I, I didn't. Yeah, it just carried on too much. It kind of went off on a tangent. Who does the like, what the fanboy? Con- Don's podcast. not that impressed. What's that? Who um, does what the fanboy? They're called what the fanboy. Who does that podcast? That's what they're called. What the fanboy? Yes, I know. What the fanboy? Who does that podcast? Like what is the, the first? Like, like the first? individual? Yes. I don't have no idea. Okay. What it's not this? you and Don. No, it's not. We started a podcast without Scott and Yeah. No, I do it on my own, dude. 
<laughs> you do it on your side. That's your side job. They have a uh, well. It's at Air Comical Air Capital Comic Con. I don't know. Is they're they have do a booth, a podcast or something, I guess, and they're gonna have on be on the stage at like eleven o'clock. Did you I know didn't. that? No, I didn't. Damn, <laughs> it's right here. I have not seen on the fa- on their Facebook page. <laughs> I have not. Why are you on their Facebook page? I'm on mine. That was my news. So. Oh, he <laughs> only follows Air Capital Comic Con, his wife, and us. <laughs> and his brothers and family brothers. I, I was just asking. I, I don't have. The, I just didn't know who, what the fanboy who who ran the what the fanboy. I don't know. I, I guess we'll find I, out. So I Saturday think I have the guy's name written down. So okay, but okay. I don't have it. It's a podcast about everything: movies, comics, and video games. So I guess wow. we'll find out Saturday at eleven. <laughs> okay. <laughs> we won't. We'll be busy. Yeah, you guys will be pretty busy. Scott's I think it will be too. Booth. Actually, become a thing of it. Yeah. yeah. I guess we won't find out. That'll be. Maybe year. they can do it live from your booth. A costume contest. They could. Cool. They always are. Um, yes. What was I Astra saying? Idols, huh? What was I saying? Some, I don't know. What were we talking We're talking about cocaine. Dark Knight Returns. The major impact stu- stunt team. Yes. Um, oh, my God. Oh, hey. Yes. I actually saw a movie. Oh, was it Dolomite Is My Name? No, like Zombieland I went to. No, I went Ooh. to a theater and okay. saw a movie. What movie did you see? Terminator Dark. Oh, I haven't heard good things. What is it? Dark. Dark Fate. Dark Salvation? Fate. Dark something. I think, I think it's Dark, Dark Fate. Fate. I think yeah. you're right. That sounds better. The movie that killed the Terminator. It was so. Times? No, dude. Yeah, it was no, so it funny. Did. We went. I went in to the theater, and it was me and Barbara and Ben. We went and saw it Sunday. Yeah. And I walk in, and I'm like, three for for Terminator. And then we go to give him the tickets, and he's yeah. like, what movie are you seeing? And I'm like, Terminator. And I go, 97 or something. <laughs> and Barbara looked at me, and she goes, it hasn't been that many. And I'm like, yeah, I know, but I feel weird, because like I go, we go see all these like sequels yeah. or whatever. And it's like, I don't even know the name of the movie. Like, yeah, it's just like, the I next Terminator I don't even know the Terminator name of Star Wars. Like, when I go to see Star Wars, I'll just be like, what are you here to see? I'll be like, Wherever Star, Star Wars, Wars movie is. Whatever. Idiot. And I felt bad because, like, I don't know the name. Like, I should know the names of the movies that I'm going to. But I do it with everything. Not as, like, Star Wars, but, like, Term- the new Terminator, like, Spider-Man. What were you going to say? I don't know. Spider-Man. What's that one with J-Lo? I can't remember the name. Just the tickets. When, when I went to go see the, the, the last Spider-Man, whatever, Home, Away from whatever. Home. Or, what's the like new Marvel Spider-Man. movie? That's the one I want tickets for. Yeah, I want the new Marvel one. But anyway. Nice. I know. I know you but uh did you anyway what it, okay so here here's the question streamline rules the, the movie setup. itself the movie itself wasn't that bad it was pretty good Not that bad okay pretty good the thing is though the thing is like there were there was like a fight scene with the with the terminator the one the with the old Terminator? Or no, 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 the new one. That's like the liquid metal. He's like yeah. liquid metal, but it's black liquid metal instead okay. of like because silver. Because that makes him newer and cooler, but, I guess. But he also, he can pull out, like he can pull his metal exoskeleton out. Uh-huh. So there's like two of them. So wow. like he has the liquid metal part and cool. like the, the skeleton guy yeah. is like part of it. But what I was getting at, there was like a what fight scene that, that went, it was going fast and it's like... That just doesn't even look real. Like it just looks CGI. Like I don't know if it was bad CGI. They just rushed it or what. But like, I don't know. And it only happened for like a second. But the question is, okay. So like, 
The original, the original Terminator. Yes. Like that was a cool ass movie, right? The original. Right. Yes. Mm. And then the second one. My like kids thought it was awful. Well, yeah, yeah but the, it was dated. But the second so then, one kicked ass. The second, okay, so the second one kicked ass, but the second one was just like the freaking first one. Mm, no, they switched. It was it the same plot. Interesting. Mm, no. I mean, it was still a person right. on the run, but... From yeah. a Terminator, yeah. Not from a, But that's all Terminator is, is... Right, exactly. But so the, the second one but, had enough twists and turns, I felt like it... Yeah, really. Yeah. Yeah, because they were With trying to... the whole to, fact that... Uh, and the, they were trying the to get old the... Terminator they was actually the good guy, it. and this type of thing. And, and then the, the second one, they were trying to okay, stop the so, Terminator from becoming created in the first place. When the first one, they were just trying to get away. That's right. And the second one, where they was trying to and save that John, the world and whatever else. And yeah, they were to trying to go back in time and actually prevent it. Okay, but Okay, so the third one, which... This is supposed to be the, the actual third, third movie. Yes, the I rest of them that. are supposed to not even exist. They, yeah. This is the third movie. Yeah, whatever. But I really like the third one. You can't really do anything else with the Terminator except that. That. Yeah. And so it was like watching one and two again. That's what they But they I had heard. like a little twist. Sure. They had a little twist in it that made it different, which sure. was just. Do you guys even care? Yeah, kind of. Don't spoil too much of it. I know that uh, what's his face dies in like the first ten minutes. Oh yeah, yeah. So some one of the guys Ooh. that I work with is like, so I heard that so and so dies in the movie, and I'm like, yeah. He's like, okay, don't tell me anything else. He's yeah, like, I that's just what I meant. Know. But that's not what even what I was getting at because that was like, I didn't even care about that at that point. But so like, there's a twist because there's a Terminator that comes back and they send another person to come back. To protect the person that they're trying to protect. Gotcha. Gotcha. <clears throat> but the twist is with the person they're trying to protect. Because sure. it's a chick. Okay. Yeah. It's like, oh, you're supposed to have a son and he's going to lead the revolution and Just blah, like blah, 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 blah. Just like yeah. the first one. But the twist is that it's actually the chick that's going to lead the revolution. She's not going to have a son. Yeah. It's her. Gotcha. Like, she's the important one. Uh, and at that point, I was just like... Okay, so you got which now I'm gonna sound like an a hole guy. You but are you've already sense. got Linda Hamilton, yeah. who's a badass in the movie. The Terminator that comes back to protect her is a girl. Uh-huh. And then the main character is a girl. Yeah. And then they pile on top, they're like, Oh, you're gonna be the one that leads the revolution. Do you have so a problem like, with girls? No, but it's like it was a it's, lot. Like in this whole like... in this whole whatever, you know that's great that a woman can lead a revolution, but it was just like I'm telling you, four in a row. It was why like, the last boom, man boom, is very true it's for the future. Like, of it's this just world. like boom, 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 boom. I'm like, it just felt forced. You know what yeah. I mean? Like we I have think to have that, a twist. That's been a criticism. We have we're gonna have a twist, and then boom, we're gonna we're gonna just throw more at you. And I'm like, I just didn't. I mean. But the action was cool. The movie was cool. Like the the you know Arnold. I was waiting for Arnold to come and be in it, and like that was kind of cool. And um, I mean, it it wasn't a bad movie. You know what the good part is, John? What? This is probably gonna be the last Terminator movie. Probably. Yeah. This one's bombing bad. Hmm. Yeah, really? it was doing pretty bad. Yeah. It only made like twenty eight million opening weekend, and even worldwide, it wasn't doing that well. They say it's probably gonna lose money. I thought it was a fine movie. Like it, it wasn't 
That's what everybody said. It's fine. It's just nothing great. It, it had cool like action. Yeah, exactly. And and stuff. I mean, the but action scenes were really good. But sure. Anyway, I enjoyed it. Well, good. That's what I expect out of Terminator films. Honestly, is just good action with yeah. a lot of stuff. You know, and I mean, the, the whole timey whiny thing in general kind of gets, you know, kind of weird. So they probably yeah. should just stopped it. But two. But I really like three the way it came kind of full circle and kind of felt like it was complete. Is three, the one where they end up in the bunker or whatever. Yeah, and they're actually yeah, starting yeah. a revolution. I thought that worked perfect. Because right. yeah. it really felt like they told the whole story and it was complete. I don't know why people didn't like that third one. I, yeah, it's I been it a okay. long time since I've seen the third one. Yeah. So. And then they had but, what the fourth one was the one with christian bale yeah it was like in set in the future in the, Is that future, the one in the future salvation with him and uh and then washington the, same washington or the something. fifth yeah, one was worthington, right huh same worthington the worthington there you go okay. and then the fifth one was the genesis genesis which, which i like genesis no uh, nobody liked genesis i did i yes. thought it was cool the way they, then you they, shouldn't watch anymore it was almost movies. like didn't they had like the little moments where they went back and replayed stuff? It was almost like the freaking uh, Avengers movie when they go back in time and they hit all those little yeah. It was just pockets. like the Avengers movie. Well, no, but I'm saying like yeah, they go bad. back and hit certain. I like that. I agree. It was horrible. I don't know. <laughs> I agree. It was horrible. <laughs> Talk about trailers that tell you too much. That one for that movie told you too. There was a trailer that showed that John Connor was the bad guy. In that one, in the sure, trailer. I saw the trailer. And once I saw that, I was like, "Oh, this is just uh, horrible." Yeah, just kind of that movie's bad. Yeah. So, another TV thing. Another so TV. we we were watch we started watching the new Walking Dead season. We just watched mm, the first number ten. Yeah, number ten, like the new one. Cool. It's been out for a while, so we watched like the first episode. And I'm sitting there thinking to myself, it's like, there's no Rick Grimes, like Andrew Lincoln. Didn't want to work on Walking Dead anymore, right? Yes. Well, he didn't want to do the show. He didn't want to do the show. Do you understand why? Because he's doing movies now? Like three movies? Because he lives in like, is it England? Yeah. And he had to be in the U.S. and he didn't ever get to see his family. So. Why wouldn't he just move his family to the U.S. while he's Because they have lives in the U.K. Hmm. <laughs> okay, so here's my thought process. Andrew Lincoln, right? Yeah. He's Rick Grimes in The Walking Dead. Yes, sir. Making a buttload of money, right? Sure. Like, just sacks of cash, right? Well, like, at least a million, two million episodes. Probably. Right. So that's sacks of cash. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. For an actor. Correct. What... So he left Walking Dead. Yeah. What is he doing? Counting his cash. Right. <laughs> but why wouldn't he just keep doing it well, they said and they count might more do... cash... Wally rides out the train. I mean, they said they might do like some Rick Grimes movies. Right, there's supposed to be like a trilogy of Rick Grimes movies. So maybe he can do those. Right, but and those are less of a time commitment than like a thirty-sixteen-episode TV show. Yeah, is it? Well, yeah, it's sixteen hours of filming as opposed to two hours of filming. I would say that's less. Hmm. I don't know. It just and you, just, really... and you usually only do a movie every couple of years, whereas. As I'm watching the show and he's not there, I'm just thinking... There's a void. There's a void, but I, I'm thinking more of Andrew Lincoln, not Rick Grimes. Like, are well, Don, you just tired of and, cashing checks and counting money? Well, here's the deal. Maybe you haven't got to this point. There's a point in your life where money isn't the most important thing anymore. And once you get a certain amount of money, more money isn't necessarily going to like 
Okay, okay, let's say he's got 30 million in the bank. Okay. All right. If he gets another 20 million or 60 million, is that going to affect really change his life that much? Like from 30 million to 60 million, what's his day to day? What's he going to get out of that? Like, what's he going to get having 30 million dollars? 30 more million dollars in the bank as opposed to already having 30 million. I know, he would have twice as much money. I guess so he, he could, could buy, buy like a jet, twice as more stuff. He but could. I mean, how much stuff can he really have? You can have a lot of stuff. It's true. You really can. Are you with me on this stuff. at all, Scott? Oh, yeah. Okay, Scott's understanding where I'm coming from. That's what I'm saying. Once you get a certain amount of money, you're pretty much set. And so you pretty much do what you want as opposed to what you need to do for money. So once I have $30 million, it's going to be really hard to motivate me to do something I don't want to do with money. Okay, so let me ask you a question. Now, some people, like want as much money as they can possibly get they just acquire more and more money and those are certain people most people are not that way some people are some people are i would say most aren't that way but some are and that's why you have these people who like just have billions of dollars and just want to acquire 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 get more and more money well they they have that drive and they, they have that drive them, but most artists success most you know, artists don't have that drive but let me ask you a question i would say it could be, you know, so, things of that nature. I think There's artists are more concerned with the art. I would agree. As opposed to, like, a so business. you think movie. he's an artist? He's an actor. Possibly. He's an actor, and a lot of them kind of fall onto well, that. I understand. I'm not saying scale. that actors He's a creative artist. artist. But what I'm saying person. is... Did he do? Did he just like cast out of nowhere? Like, did he do anything before? No, I don't think so. I mean, I'm sure he did some stuff, but nothing of note. So, let me... <laughs> When we do our when we do our Air Capital Comic Con, yeah. which is coming up in like a week and a half, we always have a talk with the lady that runs or that we deal with with Century Two. Mm -hmm. and it's like we've gone back and forth about a Friday. Sure. And it's always her and you are both. You're gonna. People will take as much time as you give them. I agree with that. Okay, so. People. people will spend whatever money that they have. So if somebody has $30,000 or yeah. somebody has $30 million, it doesn't really matter because the person that has $30,000 is going to spend $30,000 and the person that has $30 million is going to spend $30 million. Well, it depends. I mean, at some point you run out of things to spend money on that you can actually use. You know what I mean? Like, no, I understand that, but I mean, I could, I guess, I could have another home, I could have another property, but at some point, that becomes more of a headache than actually. But not if you have thirty million dollars, you just hire a staff or whatever to run. But your running a staff house. is a headache as well. How? Because you have to manage them. You can't just say, "Oh, you know, run my property." It's like, well, and then they call you. Well, you know, the hedgehog got in the garden. What do you want me to do? <laughs> I don't freaking know. Hire an exterminator to kill the hedgehog. Hire an exterminator. And they're like, and okay, Mr. Grimes, that's what I'll do, Mr. Lincoln. It just depends. I mean, some people live within their means and whatever else. And it just seems like as hard as it is to get into Hollywood, like from what my but name see, is Dolomite, but here's the thing. it's hard to break in, and yeah. when you're in, but you, you want to cash in to remember as that. much as you can. Yeah, but you also have to remember in. that he's not from America, you know, type things. He's not, he's European. And they do have a lot more values placed on the family life, you know, type things. He could probably go out and find himself some little cottage out in God knows where, where he can get away from it all, 
and he might be happy, especially if he's trying to raise a family and whatever else, and depending on what he's saving up into there. You know, I mean, look, at the only reason I say this is because I work, worked a lot with, you know, the uh, Irish and things of that nature, and they work 36-hour work weeks a lot of times. You know, they take half days on Fridays, you know, and stuff. And, you know, a lot of that is big on there. I mean, the Italians I work with, you know, and things of this nature, they sometimes do those little, you know, afternoon siesta type things and, and whatever else. Uh, there is a Mexican. lot. What's that? Yes, yes. <laughs> but anyway, they... The, the point is, though, that there is a, from a European perspective, there is a lot more placed on family life versus the whole... And more work-life balance. That's right. More oh, work-life balance than saying, I just got to go out there and get the money, money, money. Just, you just, know, we over here have a lot more of that capitalistic type of attitude. You know, obviously, that's what our, you know, government, you know, our livelihood was based off of in a lot of ways. And so it's expected in that case. But... If you don't have to, and if what you raised with and everything else was, hey, you know, I get li it. live cheaply, you know, I mean, if he's seen his parents and whatever the heck else, you know, living, scrapping to make it buy, and he's going, now I got more money than I know what to do with. Okay. I feel like there, in terms of wealth, there's like plateaus. Like, you know, it's like, I could like accumulate a decent amount of like retirement savings or whatever, you know, but I'm never going to like, I work in a nine to five job for a corporation. I'm never going to make enough to like buy a business jet, you know, and fly around. You know what I mean? I'm never going to hit that level where I have like, you know, $200 million where I can just, you know, live the high life or whatever, you know? So, I mean, there's a plat, there's different plateaus of wealth and maybe Andrew Lincoln is happy at the plateau he's at. He's living very comfortably could be. at that plateau and he doesn't need to be, you know, Mark Cuban level billionaire where he's jet setting all around the world and it just seems odd that you would give up like a solid gig. I don't know. Well, but I kinda of wonder that in a lot of cases. In a lot of it comes back to what he originally talked about though, the artist in a lot of them. You know, these guys that make it into there, you know, Big Bang Theory. That thing was going great, you know, whatever the heck else. And they did they have to leave after what was it? 12 seasons or whatever yeah, else. Yeah, they, they could have kept them they, going. They could have kept them going and whatever the heck else. But, you know, some of the actors wanted to leave. It was one, one guy, the main guy. Yeah. yeah. Wanted to leave because he wanted to, he felt, I did what I did on this movie or on this, you know, series, yeah. you know, type things. I'm ready to move on to something else. What's he I've, moved on I've to? made a ton Playing of money. himself. Well, no, doing he's, a voice he's played over. other, you know, Let's yeah, see. either doing some voiceovers, but, I mean, but I think as an artist, that, as an artist, they, as, a, as an artist, to his earlier point, that artist felt, I have enough money in the bank, I can go pick and choose some other type of things that maybe I'm not going to make as much on, or maybe I can do for free, you know, but it's stuff that I feel spiritually or whatever else is more fulfilling than playing some geek on a TV show, you know. Now, to you and I. I'd keep playing that until the damn thing ran out, you know, type things, and they kicked me off. But to some of them, you know, from an artist's perspective, and I can't say it, you know, I didn't work. I got to think that for those 12 seasons or whatever that they had, that they were probably working some pretty damn long days and whatever the heck else. Maybe it was a bit of a burnout after a period of time, too. Once you have a certain amount of money, it's really hard to motivate you with more money. Uh, yeah. I mean, once I you're agree. pretty wealthy, I mean, it's like, well, I'll give you another million dollars if you do this. If it's something you don't want to do, it's like, dude, I got $50 million in the bank. All right, yeah, another million dollars is great, but how's that going to change my life? But yet this 
and it's going to make me do something I don't want to do. I'm not going to do something I don't want to do unless I need the money. And I don't need the money, so why would I do it? Okay. I mean, do you disagree? No, I understand what you guys are saying. Right. It just seemed odd to me. Yes, I would agree. But then again, that's because I'm not a millionaire where I can... And I think he's planning on doing the movies. He's just... I think he worked a deal with AMC. He said, hey, I'll make movies because it'll detract less from my... You know, day to day family yeah. life. I think a lot of the and movie I'll still make money. Was, I think if the movie deal something. wasn't there, maybe he wouldn't have. Well, I would agree with possibly. that. Possibly. All right. Cool. But he worked it out. I think he was trying to do something where he didn't have to work as many hours and be as gone as as long, so he could spend more family time. Yeah. And I think that's what he was trying to work out. And then AMC saw this as a great possibility to expand their their reach mm-hmm. in some ways. So. You should show this. You should. Apple Comic Con in a week and a half. Week and get a half. Excited. Jesus VIP, Christ. you get one of those awesome snazzy John posters. Osborne posters for free. Yes. Well, with your ticket. Right. It's not free. Swag. 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 Free swag. So, did you watch Dolomite is my name? You don't like it? I I I did about, not watch it. I'm about halfway in, dude. So they started making the movie. He's getting money for the getting movie. money for the movie. I felt like. It got much better once they started okay. making the movie. Here's, but what's your issue with it so far? Okay, so here's the point. Here's the or point. Here, here's, and it sort of kind of made sense to me. And I think, like, I dove, I dove way too deep into it mm-hmm. to find, to figure it out. Okay. So it starts out, and he, he's up there just telling rhymes. And people yeah. are, like, losing their shit. It's not even funny. Not to like, us. Like his that okay, right, that's where I'm gay. So like he's up there just doing stuff and I'm like, that ain't funny. And then but everybody's losing their mind, laughing their asses off, well, and it's cause hilarious. Because they're, they're really crude. I mean, I think back in the seventies stuff wasn't that crude. Right. No, 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 I get it. Not it was like the heyday of porn in a lot of ways. Well, not really, nature, not, so. No, he's he's right. But then I get to the point where then I get to the point where they go, oh, let's go see this movie because it's hilarious. And they go in and there's a bunch of white people in there, yeah, laughing their ass off of Walter Matthau and, <laughs> and Jack Lemmon and singing stupid ass songs. And he's looking around, going, and they come out and go, that wasn't funny. There wasn't no kung fu. There wasn't nothing. And I'm like, okay, so I don't get the beginning because yeah. I'm a white dude, sure. And they don't get that because they're. Black people. Black people. Yeah. I'm like, okay, now I kind of understand it, but still, the whole the movie itself, I don't know, dude. It just it didn't. Uh, it, it's a little rough in the beginning. Once they start making the movie, it gets much better. Okay, they haven't actually started. Yeah. Even. Once that I starts, think... and I've learned that I love movies about making movies. Okay. Like, did you ever see The Disaster Artist? Ugh. I don't think so. Oh man, I ate that movie up. Hits the same note. But what's good about Dolomite is. You'll get there. But, okay, so they make their movie, and then there's some diversity, adversity, and they overcome it. And it's got, like, a real, like, it really uplifts you at the end, too. Right. Right? And then also, exactly what's really... what he didn't want to do, because the, he, the people were like, oh, we're making this movie about... As black, uh, the well, the, black the movie isn't... College. The movie yeah. isn't uplifting. I'm okay. talking about the story. Is the story overall. The okay. Eddie Murphy story. Right. But anyway... Um, and then what's also interesting, well, right now he just, he's, the character isn't that interesting, right? But 
but you start to see some like he develops the character more as you go. Like you start to sympathize or empathize with There's him. There's only like another hour left, dude. I don't know how. No, how it hits. It hits all the notes, so it it gets better. I I mean I'm starting Trust there me. watching this thing. And you're like, this is the greatest Eddie Murphy movie ever, and I'm like, this dude's up I there. I said in thirty years. And this dude's up. It's only since like 1990. So that's only since like <laughs> Trading Places. And this dude's up there just telling. Yeah, stupid I agree. Rhymes. The stupid rhymes. But what's interesting oh, is like... the people who heard those rhymes and ate that stuff up are the same people who invented rap. They said he is an early like guy who likes people who started list- watching his stuff or listening to his albums or the same people went and like became rap. So is this this so is the old movie Dolomite, right? Like I've yeah. heard my name is Dolomite. Like I've heard it the in movie's rap called music. Dolomite. Yeah. No, I understand. The, yeah, exactly. That, but so the Beastie Boys, yeah, it is. So the Beastie So is this a remake of that movie? Or is this a movie? This I mean, movie this is a true story about the making of Dolomite and yes. the character that he like created. Like Rudy Ray Moore is a real guy. This is a true yeah. story. Oh, okay. See, that's what I wasn't yeah, My Name is Dolomite is a true story about the guy, Rudy Ray Moore, who created the Dolomite character and then made the Dolomite movies. Yeah. Okay. And he inspired a whole generation of black people and, like, started, like, rap and, like, people just ate this stuff up. Okay. It's a true story. I... And what's cool is, so they make this movie in Dolomite called Dolomite is my name. They make the Dolomite movie. The Dolomite movie is on Amazon Prime. You can actually watch it after you watch Dolomite is my name. Nice. The making of it. Okie doke. I don't know. It's good. It's what it is right now. Cool. It gets better. The last hour shines. Okay. Everything comes together. Just have to power through that first hour. So, Eddie Murphy's been gone for like 15 years, and now he just comes back and makes this Netflix Well, he said that he's been wanting to make the Rudy Ray Moore story movie for like, 30 years, but nobody would ever give him money to make it because they thought he was crazy. And Netflix Netflix finally said, dude, people, I'll give so. you money to make it, and Eddie Murphy will come back, and he'll... Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, I was like the Eddie Murphy of your... Aren't they supposed to be making, like, a, a Coming to America 2 or something? They are. I think that comes out next year. Really? Huh. I saw the preview for the new Bad Boys movie. Oh, I see oh, that I'm too. sorry. I didn't that. see that trailer. Man, Martin Lawrence is getting some weight. Hasn't yes, he has. <laughs> All right. Hi, Christy. She's watching. Mm. Should we do some comics under Don Reed? Sure. I can. I remember a little bit about what I read. Cool. I just don't have a visual. I like that. And it'll take me like two minutes. The light to talk here about is kind it. of funny. Is the cobwebs blocking my light? I don't know. Anyway, this is a pink lemonade. I bought this ninety percent of the reason because Jim Rugg did the cover. But it's a cool new indie book. Um, and I think it's. Where did you just, even get it? At? It's just dark. Do you order it through the previews catalog? Like you pre-order it and then it comes uh, through, through comic book stores. That's right. pretty cool. Yeah, it's pretty neat. Yeah, I was going to say, um, you can't just walk in off the. Just kind of pick this thing up. I felt like this was almost like a, uh, a female version of Mad Madman, which I read recently. But it's about this girl who doesn't who has like amnesia and she rides like this pink motorcycle. And kind of goes along and kind of gets into adventures. She runs into this girl and then hangs out with her mom, who's a comic book artist, you know, very meta. And they watch, like, these old, like, cartoons that her mom really loves. That's, like, this uh, O.J. Bot guy. Kind of like the Kool-Aid man, but he's O.J. Bot. So it's very uh, whimsical. But, you know, she just goes around. She kind of gets into trouble. She, she messes up, like, a movie set. And the police, like, arrest her for messing up the movie set. And... 
don't know. So it's an ongoing book? It is. I don't think it's coming out monthly. I think it's like every other month or something. Every other. It's every a by month, Nick Cagnetti. No, I think he's got another one that I already pre-ordered. Hmm. So I think it's... But yeah. He's got Jim Rugg to do a cover. I am. Um, that's a bold move. I, yeah. I pretty much comb the previews and I never heard of this. I think I saw like Jim Rugg post the cover on like social media and then when I saw it in previews I who's was it? like, oh, it's Pink Lemonade. Who's it published by? The publisher? Um, it's live maybe? I don't know. I'm just curious like the letter that it starts with so I would know like the previews. Like, I think it's, it's alive. It's alive maybe. The so publisher. it's like I? Yeah, I think it's in the eyes. Hmm. It had a pretty good uh, little blurb like uh, ad for it the first hmm. month. I mean it was like you know, an eighth of a page. Gotcha. I totally missed it. You're just surprised it that happens. you would miss something like that when well, you No, I mean, I'm not. I just, I guess I'll do more because you guys you just know have what? one I each. have like. I only have really one Is thing. that all I gave you? I've realized that. Uh, that is all you, well, no, you gave me more. I just am a slow reader. Oh, that's fine. I'm just curious if I. So all no, I, I took more. I'm just. Uh, all I really have to do is, is take your thing about. You, you know, you hit a certain point where you have enough money and you don't need any more. Okay. And apply that to comic books. Uh-huh. You've had enough comic books. I have enough comic books. I probably don't need to buy any more ever. Because I'll true. never be able to read everything that I have. But yeah. I still buy yeah. a ton of comics. It's funny. When I was uh, talking and to Andy Kuhn, he was talking about that. He's like, yeah, I just kept buying these comic books and I wasn't reading them. And so finally I was like, why am I buying all these comic books that I'm not reading? I just stopped. Yeah, and I've heard some people like on podcast stuff, and they're like, "So I go and get my comic books every week, and I read like two of them, and then I have a giant stack of stuff to read." And it's like I haven't read Spider-Man in six months, and I haven't missed it. So why am I buying it? Yeah, I, I like it's a commitment to like make sure you read your books. Like I have to like sometimes I have to force myself to sit down and read because. There's so many other things distracting you. You know, like you got Netflix, you got I TV, with that. you got your phone, you got your iPad, I got games on but, there, I got video games. I mean, there's a lot of stuff. So, I mean, I have to yes. say, like, I have to prioritize my time. I'm like, I better make time to read. I better read these books because I don't want to get behind. You well, know? And, uh, even and in your case, oh, like family and everything else, you know, in some of those behind. cases, too. Yeah, I think you get I, to a certain point where you're behind and like it's insurmountable, and so you just kind of give up. That's probably and then where I'm you, at. And then it, you actually have less motivation to read because you're so far behind. That's where I'm at. Yeah, I understand. I I understand. I'm not saying. But I will sit there. What and kills I, me is I'll get like a book bound. Like I'll get like six bound books, you know. Mm-hmm. And then that's like 150 issues of comics that I have to read that comes in all at once and it's and a lot of those are older stuff that like takes a while to read and it's just like oh it's quite a grind sometimes yeah but I, I finally decided it's like just because I have it bound doesn't mean I have to read it right when I get it back but I have been because I kind of feel like I spent the money buying it I should probably read it you know that's that's where I am right now with everything yeah I and you. plus like part of it is see part of my I'm so like, overwhelmed because I like, I'll sit up, I'll sit upstairs, like I keep my comic books in the basement and I'll like sit upstairs and I might have like an hour or something and I'll be like, ooh, what do I want to read? I'm like, oh yeah, I have that Umbrella Academy book that mm-hmm. came out like eight months ago that I haven't read. That I'd really like to see ago. what's, no, they came out with a new, <laughs> a new series. And I'm like, oh, I'd really like to catch up on Batman and see what's going on there or this or that. And then it's like, oh my gosh. What do I pick? I mean, 
I, I understand. And I do too. Yeah. That's why my I don't let my single so issues like, get too bad because if you do, it's I I don't know how you do it because you, they start piling up and you're just like four I long mean, boxes. Yeah, I, don't, I have four long boxes. You can't do that of single hey, issues. Hey, your wife is watching Scott Brandy. Wow, four long boxes. Hi, Brandy. Single issues. Four. Yeah, I, I found. You know what I found? Because I'm, lot of I'm sort issues. of like uh, I'm sort of like starting to kind of sort of pack. Yeah. But I'm going through stuff. I went went last weekend and bought six long boxes just to get the stuff up off the floor that I have yeah. piled that I've been buying. I need more boxes. It wasn't even enough to get the stuff up off the floor. Yeah, the problem, I I mostly, for a while I switched just to kind of trades mostly, you yeah. know. Now I just have way too many trades. It's not a solution. And... I found I found the stack of stuff that I bought at Air Capital last year. Oh, that you? I haven't read yet. Nice. That's cool. It's pretty awesome. You know what's awesome is we're getting new carpet down here, so oh, yeah. I have to move all the stuff off the bookcases. Oh god. I have to do yeah. that here pretty soon, and I have more bookcases than you. I probably have more hardcovers and trades than you now. You probably really? Do. Wow. But you have so a lot of crap. I have good stuff. I have a lot of good stuff. A lot of good stuff. I don't know. I think part of my problem is is that I there's like novels I want to read, for one, and I'm not exactly a fast reader, so you know I know those will take time. I don't have. I want to read some of this type stuff. I want to spend time, you know, with the family as well and and things. That's Um, weird because you always want to come over here. So yeah. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> video games, uh, board games, all that stuff. Well, like now it's that I've, good. well now that I've like started like uh, um, painting too. It's like I got like oh I want to paint. Yeah, I, I want to read comics. I want miniatures. Yeah. yeah, and then I want to um, I want to bind some stuff. So I have like that hobby too. Now I've been binding stuff. So yeah, you've been doing that though pretty good. You always so, do a whole hell of a lot more than I do, I feel and like. I got You're more efficient games. with your time than I am. So I'm just like, I got too many hobbies going on right now. Yeah. But you always got to make time for comics. That's what I've learned. You can't you can't fall too far behind or it's just, it's bad time. It's and bad. But I see an end in sight for my binding. Like, I just need to get everything bound and it'll be done for the most part. And really? I'll just buy new stuff as it comes out. Okay. Hmm. Getting there. All right, let's, All right. Hear, let's hear about Grindel Devil's Odyssey. Grindel's Devil's Odyssey. So I'm not a huge Grindel fan, but I always enjoyed Grindel Warchild, which was like the Grindel Prime kind of sci-fi-ish or whatever. And so this is another one of that, and it's actually drawn and written by Matt Wagner. Like he actually does Oh, did he actually draw it? He actually drew it. See, I thought about buying that, <clears throat> but yeah. I know absolutely nothing about Grindel, and so I was just like, eh, it's just going to be another eight issues that sits in the box for 18 years Yeah, I <clears throat> before I read it. I've read quite a bit of Grindel. Like, I think I read the initial, like, run, like, digitally a while back, like the omnibuses. I read, like, two or three of those. And so I've read some Grindel, and then I read the Grindel War Trial, obviously. And so, I mean, I've read Grindel, but I'm not, like, a super Grindel dude, but I do like Matt Wagner. And so I bought this. It's pretty cool. I read the first issue just a little bit ago. But it's science fiction. You know, he's basically on this planet, and it's like Earth. It's Earth, and it's kind of fallen apart into ruin. And so kind of the leader of Earth who kind of, you know, who kind of is the boss of Grindel 
she sends him off in space in like an arc, like a spaceship to go find a new Earth, and she gives him like some DNA of some different people to like colonize the new planet. With. So it's basically him running around throughout the galaxy looking for a planet to like make new Earth and repopulate the human race because it's pretty much run its course on. Sweet. So, okay. so he lands on some planet and he fights some giant insectoid thing with his like lightsaber thing and like chops its head off and it's kind of a lot of fun action. Is so. it good action? Yeah, it's cool. I like it. Bloody and everything else. What's interesting is the colorist is his son, Ben Brennan Wagner. Okay. And what I find interesting about that, I'll just go right into my next thing. Right into. Is we've got Criminal number nine, which is also colored by Sean Phillips, the artist, his son. Right. Jacob Phillips. So what is with these artists like hiring their sons or getting their sons to color their work? Well, it's Why not? A hard business. Is it like to get cheap into, labor, or is it just? And I'm not as impressed with uh, Sean Phillips's. Like the coloring in Grindel is pretty good, but like in Criminal, I feel like the was it was it the Brit Wester girl? Yeah, Maria Bright Wester. I think she did a little bit better. I mean, this Jacob Phillips, he's pretty good, but I kind of miss the tightness <clears throat> of what uh, the last one was. This gives it a different. Feel to me, but Criminal is still awesome, by the way. I mean, regardless of the coloring not being quite as good as what I thought Maria Brightwester did, I think this is. I don't think it's Maria. I thought it was. In my now, weren't niche. they doing something kind of like different story arcs there with Criminal or something that were? Yeah, so they did like a first issue, which was like a. I think it was a one shot. Then they did yeah. a two issue one about the guy okay. at the Comic Con. Okay. And now they've done four through nine, I think is all the new. It's like a one long story kind of with different. that they're developing. developing. So he's saying this is going to be like one of his longest criminal stories. Ever. Is it? Okay. And so it's, it's really good. It's uh, got a lot of layers. And it's gone back like way back to the past where like the main. Do you remember the very first criminal story was like. Uh, it's called Coward, but it had the main guy. Well, this is him as, like, a teenager, and then his dad is, like, the criminal. And so it's, like, a lot of the characters that were in the book previously, this is them as, like, teenagers with their dads and stuff. So it's interesting. But That's uh, cool. But, yeah, it's super good still. I mean, Criminal's one of my favorite. <clears throat> Consistently. That's yeah. a good book. Awesome. Yeah, I would agree. Um, all right, so since I don't really have a lot to talk about, I'm sure. just jumping in and filling in stuff. So, here's a question for you. Here's a question. So, um, I think I understand why Neil Adams is pissed off all the time now. <laughs> really? Why is that? Yeah. But, okay, so why I went to Heritage, Heritage Auctions and was uh -huh. messing around. Uh -huh. his, his cover for Batman 251, uh -huh. which has, it's a Joker cover. Yeah. Guess how much it's at right now. What? Just... What would your guess be? Uh, hundred and fifty thousand. Double that. Three hundred thousand. Oh, three hundred and five thousand dollars right now. Okay. <clears throat> I assume he's not selling it. Oh, I don't know, but I'm assuming if he's not, that's what I assumed. Okay. That, that's why he'd probably be pissed off. Because his that. his art he sold for two hundred dollars back <laughs> right. in nineteen seventies. Yeah. Like, it's it's well, I mean, at one point you. I mean. <laughs> $300,000 for a Neil Adams Batman cover. Really? Yeah, that else seems is like a that lot. Not him. That Did you know that California passed a like law? Like a freaking lot, dude. I think California passed a law that if you sell original art over a certain dollar value, like say $1,000, 
you have to give the artist who created it like a certain percentage. That's a really? stupid law. I believe it's California passed that. That's a ridiculously stupid law. Well, it's to prevent the, him becoming prevent a bitter old crap. man yeah. that he gets a cut even though he created the art. So, just to put it in perspective. Perspective. Okay, so that's $305,000. Yeah. Batman, Brian Boland, Batman the Killing Joke. Holy crap. That's page 11. Yeah. Right? $42,000. Holy crap. $42,000? Yeah. 42000 Page 11. Is that the famous... It's probably even a famous scene. I'm probably just, just wondering some photos or whatever. Scene. That's it right there. It's like the Batcave. The Joker yeah. card. Yeah. And then Joker's face all over a sure, bunch of screens sure. and stuff. But, but I mean, that's the killing joke, dude. It's Brian Boland. That's the killing joke. Yeah. A page. Are you saying that should page. be higher? Yeah. Compared to Neil Compared Adams. Compared to cover? Neil Adams at three hundred grand, the killing joke, Brian Boland. Well, one's a cover. So add three times for the cover, right? There's a cover in here that I can buy for five hundred dollars. And I think <laughs> in the, the history of Batman, although Brian Boland is awesome and the killing joke is an amazing work. I mean, Neil Adams is more historically important than Brian Boland. Right. Would then, you agree with that? And to the character yeah. and to the character of Batman, I mean Neil Adams has a larger body of work on right. Batman. So it's, if you so if you're doing Batman, I mean Neil Adams is a Well, like I guess that's name. eighty-eight and the other one's seventy-three. So fifteen years, I mean it's fifteen years older. That too, it's older. So I mean I mean I don't I, I agree. That with just you. seems like a huge gap. Like uh, you yeah. would, I don't know. But then they had a... The reason I, I got here was because I was on Cartoonist Kayfabe uh-huh. or something, and they had a piece... They showed that there was a piece of never-before-seen Dark Knight artwork oh, wow. that was up for auction. Yeah. Which is basically Frank Miller, Batman, The Dark Knight Returns, number one, unused splash page, original art. Yeah. And it's at $8,000. Oh, buy it. Wow. <laughs> which is pretty cool. Them. Yeah. You're gonna pay there for that? Absolutely. Go for it. But I don't know. It just seems. You go halves. <laughs> sure. I'll go in eight. So a thousand. Yeah. Where I'm paying seven. Yeah. All right. When we sell it, for, you get it. You get so it for six sell it days, for, and I get it for one. When we sell it for a hundred, then I get. And seven eighths of the hundred, and you only get. Right. Okay. Cool. That's fine. I'm good with that. You could get. The, so I know, so it's Jose Luis Garcia Lopez, Batman Legends of the Dark Knight, number 20. What is that, 200? Cover. Original art, cover, $825. Yeah. He's not as big. It's as Venom. It's the Venom storyline. Um, and it's like a full Batman thing. That's cool. It's not yeah, as it's good cool. as Neil Adams or Frank oh, okay. Miller or yeah. Brian Boland. I like Jose Luis Garcia. Did you meet him at Planet last year? I walked by. How much was he charging for autographs? Yeah, I don't know. That's the thing. I got so burned out on. I'm sure he was charging. Like I lost my, you know, I had a had a rant. I lost my shit at Planet last year. Had a bit of mildly. So yeah, uh, I kind of lost interest in meeting people Hmm. that are you know really cool artists that I've spent money on their books and then they want to charge me another eight dollars to friggin' put their autograph on it. Hmm. Yeah, well, it just happens. Which, you know what? It's You know what? It's funny because it is, is it? I was talking to Aunt, the Andes, Andy Coon and Andy Parks uh-huh. at Smallville. Yeah. And I was talking to him, and 
had mentioned something about it, and Andy Parks went, are you serious? <laughs> there are artists that are charging to autograph for their autograph? I'm like, yeah. Is he living in a rock? I don't know. And he's like, I could never see myself charging somebody that brings up something of mine that they purchased and asked me to autograph it. He's like, I can't imagine ever charging someone to do that. Yeah. He's one of the good guys. I agree. But, I mean, all right. I totally agree. I don't think artists, they should charge for autographs. But the problem is when you have those people that You got the flippers there, is the problem. That's exactly right. It's the flippers. I understand, man. Exactly. Because they're getting that autograph and, and they're selling it for ten times and, the price. And much. And, or they're and, selling it, period. You know, so they're basically profiting off that person's autograph. And it's like, well, if you're going to profit off my autograph, I should profit off my autograph. Then don't come to the show, dude. Then just don't come to the show. So I was reading an article on Bleeding Cool. <laughs> and stay home. And Andy and Cooper. curmudgeony old bastard. All right, so I was reading an article on Bleeding Cool. Adam Cooper was at a show. And someone brought that Stanley tribute book up for him to sign. And those people were flipping those or whatever. And so Adam Cooper said, I will be happy to sign it for free, but I want to personalize it. Mm-hmm. The dude got super pissed and didn't want him to personalize it. Right. And so Adam Cooper said, well, then I'm not signing it. How do you feel about that? That's freaking awesome. Okay. Because that's exactly what Bagley was doing. Yeah. Which is awesome. Because he I'll personalize like, it for free. I will personalize it for free, or I'll charge you five bucks to autograph it, or ten bucks to I autograph it. I think that's fair. Or whatever. That's well, fair, because I want it personalized. Most of the time when I go up to somebody, I don't even ask them to personalize it, because I feel like it's a pain in the ass. Yeah. But I would love them to go, let me personalize it, what's your name? Because I've had people do that, and yeah. I don't care, put... Because I'm never... Well, See, and I don't know. I have, probably mixed, not I have mixed feelings it. about that somewhat. I, I don't think necessarily I'm going to flip it, but there's some things in my opinion, and maybe it's not comic books, but in some other areas, you know, type stuff. You know, especially when I'm going from, like, say, the, the pop culture or actors or something like this, that on some things, I don't think two Scots, you know, with this type of thing, looks all that great, especially if I'm going to show it off. I'd rather just have the artist, or, you know, that I have, their signature. Now, having said that, I also think, though, that I shouldn't be up there putting a stack of freaking 20 things in front of them to have them sign that. That's because the other to me, that's, that's exactly right. Now, if I want to go up there and I have two or three items or whatever the heck else, and I, you know, I did this with Timothy Zahn. Hey, I'd love for you to personalize these ones, but I want this one just with your autograph because it was a smaller type of thing. You know, I didn't want to have the whole damn thing with all this crap all over, you know. I just wanted his signature on that one. And he was like, oh, yeah. He's like, I totally agree, you know, type thing. So he was extremely nice about it. And But that's what I thought was really good. It, it, he, for him, it was a case in which it was like, yeah, I'd love to personalize it, but I understand, you know, with this, you know, and, and type of things. Is there one size fits all for this? I don't know. But, well, and I'm sure it depends on what it is. But I, I'm, I'm very torn on the whole personalization type of thing, personally. I, well, like when I went to, went to Wizard World... Texas, Adam Cooper was there, and I was in line to get his I autograph. I was with you. And the that guy in front of me had a long box of comics he wanted Adam yeah. Cooper to sign. And Adam Cooper sat there and, and signed. And he sat there and signed them all, with like you. a super nice guy. I'm yeah. like, dude. No, I've seen it. I saw it at at um, Kansas City Comic Con, the year they had Jim Shooter, Mike Zach, and um, the inker. 
can't think of his Don name. Don Beatty. Beatty. Beatty won a dollar for your autograph. <laughs> I think it was two. <laughs> two dollars. Two dollars. <laughs> You're like, oh, that's funny. No, I'm serious. I think it was three. It was some weird number. But uh, anyway, Jim Shooter was sitting over in the corner by himself, <laughs> just being curmudgeon I guess, or whatever. And I was waiting to get his autograph, and this dude showed up, and it was the dude that had a stack of books, like, this tall. And it was, like, five copies of Shadow Man number four, whatever. <laughs> and then you went through, and there was whatever, this and that. And then you hit another Shadow Man number whatever, and then, like, three more copies. And I'm like, I get it. It's like, do it the way Bagley, Bagley, Bagley did it is perfect. Or even like, if you don't care about personalizing it, you just want to autograph it. I mean, I get it, but if it's, I no. never go up to anywhere with more than like freaking four or five books. If if that. But there could be those other like, ones that are out there that go, hey, I get everything well, that no. I buy comic wise, I get it autographed. You know, well, no, and I, I keep it for and myself. You know, I this had kind this of thing. I had this and, conversation with Mike Zek at yeah. Smallville. The year that he was there because I talked to him about it and I'm like you know because he charges for autographs sure. and I'm like I think you know one or two free should be fine yeah because then you know you're not and he said the problem with that is because I've been at shows and the dudes that want a hundred books signed they get their buddies times. or they get kids and they give them two copies of a book, and they come through, and they sign it, and they autograph it. And he said, there's always a way around it. He said, the only way to make it fair is just to charge everybody, everybody. five bucks per autograph. Yeah. And I can believe that. I mean, too. to me, like... Oh, the worst. I, I, don't, I don't have a ton of money. And so, like, five bucks? Five bucks is, is a nice chunk of money when I paid... Especially when you don't care about the autograph, you just want to you just want the autograph to have the autograph, not that you're trying to flip it. Like you're flipping it, five bucks is no big deal because you're like, well, I'm going to make that back. Right, I'm not making it back. (laughs) It's just I met the dude. Like I'm just going to start saying hey, start waiting in line and coming up and going hey, how's it going? How's it going? Hey, see this book? This is really cool. I really liked it. I'd love for you to autograph it, but I don't want to pay five dollars for it. So I'll just shake your hand and say thanks for my enjoyment. When I read the book. The worst in my personal experience is I had Shaman's Tears by Mike Grell. And I had it bound in like a cool like hardcover, you know, and I showed it to him. He's like, Oh, this is cool, you know, and he's like and he signed it and he's like and his wife sent me behind him was like, That's five dollars. I'm like, Oh, I just thought it was cool to meet him and show him the cool but I liked his work and I had it bound in a book and oh now I have to pay five dollars. <laughs> okay, here you go. It's like if I had known it was five dollars, and that's what happened. I wouldn't yeah. have even. I wouldn't even ask him to sign. I just want to show it to him, and you don't have to sign it if it's five bucks. I mean, I just met you. I just want to show it. I yeah. well, say I liked your work. I don't need a signature. It's not gonna make a difference. In the, at the end of the day, I'm not gonna like right. look over the signature well, later and be like, oh, look, I have a signature. But the, so the, it's not worth five dollars to me. The cool thing is, like, whenever I'm going through comics or I go through a long box or or I even go through my app or whatever, like, I see it. Yeah. Or if I've got a hardcover and I'm going through my bookshelf and I pull a book off and I go, I see Jeff Lemire's autograph, and I'm yeah. like. Oh, yeah, that was cool. I met Jeff Lemire at San Diego, and we talked, and we had this, and we had that, and it's like blah, blah, blah. Like, that's the cool part. Like, you forget about it, 
and then you come across some, yeah. it later on and you're like some memory. oh yeah that's a really cool memory like yeah. he was a really cool dude and like i remember that like that's what i want but you know it's it's getting but that's the thing i can't but, remember well, it, part of it's the guests that planet gets is they get those older guys who yeah are charging for autographs. What? But it's not mm, just, it's the, not older just the older ones. Though. Olivier Colpel was charging five dollars for a freaking autograph. Uh, Nick, Nick Spencer was charging. He was free for like the first three, and then yeah. he charged you five dollars. Or do something that. like that for yeah. free. But yeah, there was one. I don't know about Jason Aaron. I don't think was. He doesn't charge. I can't remember. Uh, yeah, I was. Gonna, I know he didn't charge me at all. I know uh, Scotty Young didn't charge there, but I mean he's got other price for his art though and oh yeah $200 for but a little it, squiggle so it puts a bad taste I mean it makes it a bad experience like I when I was at Planet and I can't even remember the dude's name off the top of my head but I'd never met him before he's a cool artist like I dig some of Is his stuff Dennis Cohen yeah Dennis Cohen there wow Jesus how'd you do? just boom look at that but I wasn't even there I like Dennis Cohen's artwork like I like his stuff um is he a guy that I'm going to pay $5 for an autograph on a book? No. Apparently he is. Well, yeah, because <laughs> I was like, they hide that stuff. <laughs> it was kind of like you, like it's with Mike Brown. Sign. Well, it is, but it's on a, a tiny little sign. <laughs> and I walk by the table, and I'm like, ooh, there's Dennis Cohen. I'd like to meet him. Yeah. Have him sign something. See, and I so think... I walk up, and I put the books out, and then he signs them, and then his wife is standing, that'll be $15. I was like, what? And then I looked down and I'm like, oh, okay, great. Well, I would have been like, you can just keep the comic. Right. <laughs> it's not even worth $15. That's probably true anymore. But, <laughs> some of that. but I think that was the case too. I know. I thought even at Planet that I didn't think things for their prices were displayed very well. No, they weren't. And it was like, um, what's his face? Uh, the, the artist son of New Mutants, number one. Go Bob McLeod. Bob McLeod. Like, I walk up, Bob McLeod's got a big-ass sign. Yeah. And it says, all autographs are free. Except on New Mutants. And I'm like, that's where I stop reading. And I'm like, sweet. Plop down New Mutants number one. Signs it. Oh, that'll be $5. I'm like, look over at the sign. All autographs are free except New Mutants number one. $5. Are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> you brought the one. I should have had New Mutants number two signed. Oh, shit. Well, I had Chris Claremont sign New Mutants number one ten years ago, so I had to get Bob McLeod's autograph oh. on New Mutants Awkward. number one. Awkward. <laughs> See, I think what was it? Was it Bagley? Mark Bagley? Now I'm just I thought s- it was actually set up pretty well because he actually had a sign there that was saying how much he charged you. Yeah. yeah. Stuff. Well, they did. Some of them did. Some of them didn't. Olivier Copeland did not. He didn't. And I and walked his, up. His price changed from day one to day two. Well, I remember when I was trying to and sign I walked up San and Diego, dropped like, and he was four never books down table. on Olivia Coypel. They autographed him and the dude standing behind him goes, that'll be $20. $20 yeah. I'm like, what? <laughs> I put the yeah. sign, dude. Yeah, at least <laughs> Seriously, so like you're it's, getting... It's changed because five yeah, years ago it wasn't like this. Yeah. Oh, it's, it was bad. Planet was bad. Like, I was mad. Everybody like, I was, was pissed. Yeah, a lot of people were charging. I was mad. I was pissed. So. Oh, sounds like everybody was. You want to talk about Birthright? Sure. Before we run out of time? Yeah. <laughs> we run out of time. Well, I read, we like, all night, dude. what, 20 through 40? 40? 40? Yeah. Man, a hell of a lot. You oh, did, man. like, a, you did <sighs> like a 
Yeah, like like a binge. He did like a me. There you go. That's right. He did a Don. So, hey, hence the reason why I didn't read anything else. You know, I mean, over just it's a lot of issues of birthright. It is. Have but you read any of these before? Quite frankly, it it flows really fast. Yeah, I mean, birthright it, it, birth it's a quick read. Really read. And I think part of the problem is I think I have uh, was it fade the fade out or something like that? Is that uh, oh maybe. Uh, who is that? It's one of those authors Brubaker. I like. Yeah, okay, Brubaker. That's what I thought. And while I really like him, it's always really dense, you know, things. Okay. Hey? All right, go ahead. But anyway, uh, I figured with Brubaker, though, that it was going to be very dense and a lot of reading, you know, and things of that nature. Yeah, so I didn't true. think that I was going to be able to get that in, you know, within like a two days. Maybe I could have if I, like, would have taken it to work or something, but who the hell knows. <laughs> no, fade out's pretty dense. <laughs> Uh, what kind of job do you have? Any more at like work? During lunch I, don't, or something. Uh, I don't know. Uh, no, I don't think that's what he was saying. <laughs> Quite frankly, I, I mean, I could read it at lunch. I could probably take it to all my miscellaneous meetings that I go through in the day. I'm giant like I, really, <laughs> I don't know that I actually participate or really bring much to the table at my job anymore. Well, I mean, <laughs> so, my job, I mean, I sit around. That's where I've been watching my name is Dolomite at work. There you so. go. See? Uh, but mine's different. Just take a pile of comics with you. There Try you go. Get through your the long box. problem with that is, <laughs> it's a very I'm on a dirty job site, uh, and I've tried it before, and my stuff just gets ruined. You gotta stop caring about the condition of your books, like my Grendel Mortuary. There you go. Yeah, but I'm not talking about like yeah, it's not gonna get wrinkled. It's gonna get covered in dust. Gotcha. And yeah. dirt and grime. Oh, sorry. So anyway, tangent there. Birthright. Um, I don't know that I read any of these, so I'm not entirely sure. Maybe somewhere between 15 and 20, maybe I got left off. I don't know. It, it's not like it was that hard, though, to pick back up. I knew the basics of Birthright and what was going on. You know, you have a character who got taken as a young kid to go be the savior of some other universe. It turns out that things didn't go out as planned. Did he save every one of us? Uh, I don't think so. He was not Flash. He um, He got sent back. He got sent back to Earth. He's got some type of weird evil thing strapped to his soul, and he's trying to kill some mages here in Earth. You know, kill some magician magic people. You know, whatever the hell else. So I mean, that's the basics of it. You know, type things. He's he sees his family. He's, he's all grown up now. His family's like, oh my gosh, you know, this type of thing. So going on from there, I also knew the fact that his grandfather happens to be one of the mages that uh you know came over from this other world to try to you know get away and block things off from her block the, uh, the evil ways off from her so anyway it kind of picks up from there you know and at least by this point in time i can't remember somewhere in here like uh two i think of the magician mages are dead and um he's still got this evil thing attached to his soul if it comes to find out his brother who's actually an older brother but looks you know obviously a lot younger than him now but uh has some magical uh what would you say attributes you know yeah things, he's like because his the grandfather things. was a magician that's so right he so inherited some of he that. inherited some of that so it's kind of taken off from there um you know throughout this this chunk of him is pretty good is like a girlfriend wife or whatever the our main character's girlfriend wife comes over and is pregnant and has a child over here in earth and the meanwhile there's still the magicians all fighting and uh the little thing that's the evil thing that's latched to his soul finally gets ripped off and uh, he still feels though that uh that there's some odd things going on and that the magi the mages magicians whatever you want to say need to be killed and 
And, uh, while I like Birthright, and I think the story is really cool, and I like how it's kind of twisted its head, you know, twist to kind of put things upside down when it comes to the regular fantasy type of uh, tropes and things that you know. God, it moves slow sometimes, though. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it seems like this could have been like a 30-issue show. I will sometimes wonder, you know? I mean, it's like, just get to the point sometimes you spin. It's great art, though, too, you know? And like I said, it does yeah, move Bresson. fast. But I'm it feels like, you know, you spend a a chunk of five-issue arc, you know, type things, in which all they're doing is it's two freaking magicians fighting, you know, or trying to find out what the hell happened to our main character, you know, during the final battle with war, you know. I mean, did you really need to have five issues to talk about that? I don't know that you did, but you sure you took that up, you know, type hey, things. Hey, Scott's attention so, span. It's art. Bro. It is the attention span. It's art, art dude. There is cool art. Apparently it did take five so, issues. But it's still a great story, though, overall, what they're doing. And now by the time that we're at issue 40, you know, it took me 20 issues here to get through, and finally all the mages are dead and the evil shit's coming over to Earth. So it's like, it's oh, oh it's winding up for a 10-issue run. It's just going to be exciting as all get out, but we'll see. Did you not read Rusty Brown, dude? I did not. What the F? Mm-hmm. Have you read Birthright? Yeah, but I'm like way behind. You're way behind. Yeah. And you're and so where are they at now? Are you? Is this, this is the last issue. I so essentially kind of caught up. Boy, they must have taken those some reading the kind of some of the things at the back there a little bit. Did they take some hiatus time? Yeah, I think there are some breaks. They take some yeah. breaks. Yeah. Okay. Breaks. It seemed like about every five issues or so there are yeah. five or six issue arc type things. Most they were taking books these little do breaks. that. Because yeah. if you want to keep the same artist on a book, you just they can't do. They can't keep up. Yeah. 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 That makes sense. Um. No, I thought you would read it. I wanted to hear what you had to think about it. It's on my list. I just it's got on to, my list. It's in my pile. I still got to. All right, so I read Spider Man by yeah, Nick Spencer. Yeah, and the Ryan Nick Spencer. Ollie. The well, but Humberto Ramos is doing a run. A run. So it's the Hunted. The Hunted. Um, the The story arc is called the Hunted, which I don't. I guess Joe Casada is like turning over in his grave. I don't know. But, like, I guess it's been since, so the, the, this books, I haven't read Spider-Man since, like, February. Like, the cover date is February. Wow. Which is probably even older than that. So it's been a while since I've read Spider-Man, so I don't really remember, but, like, Mary Jane and Peter Parker are, like, together. Okay. Now. Yeah. They're not married, but they're together. Damn, I thought they were married and had kids. No, uh, they, got they married. were married, kids. and then an they had a whole one uh, more day thing where Casada wiped it out. Wiped it out. I think Casada cares. He's not really. And everybody lost their up and well, he had to have cared because the whole big deal back then was like he wanted to kill the marriage. No, well, yeah, and they're not married again. Right, but they're dating. His whole point was I that. Know. Okay, I understand. What? Come on, I want to hear the The this. point was, once you married off Peter Parker, he became a different character because he was now a married guy, and it wasn't the same as when he was single and had girlfriends. It's just, it's a different character. Dynamic. A dynamic, and the dynamic felt like it was strangling the options for the writers to tell stories. Because hmm. every time he went out, Mary Jane was worried. It was like he was getting all this guilt because his wife was worried. And it just felt like a same thing, you know, and over it just and was a different and dynamic, and yeah. they didn't think it was... 
the dynamic that they wanted for Spider-Man going forward. Yeah. And so he came up with some silly idea how to wipe out the marriage to where... Because you can't get Peter Parker to get divorced because that would make him like a bad guy or a failure or something. Hmm. And so they didn't want to do that because that would hurt the character as well. So they wanted to kind of reset him to where before he was married. So they came up with some stupid way to do it. Okay. That annoyed everybody because it wiped out a bunch of continuity. And comic book nerds are all about continuity. They're right back because they're dating and Peter went out and she's like at home all nervous because she knows that he's Spider-Man now. Yeah, I know. And he's out running around and she's like, oh my God, she's going to come back. Yeah. But anyway. So they basically come full circle. Right. <laughs> full fucking circle. But Casada's not in charge anymore. Except. It probably wouldn't have happened under his watch. So like the, the memory blank or whatever. So like it stuck with a lot of people. But some he told Mary Jane. I know. Why is he always telling me? And then I don't know. And so then like one of the Fuck. issues. One of the issues I read is like with Black Cat. Felicia. And he told her. That it he was like, Spider-Man. It seemed like they made it like 30 years he didn't tell anybody. And in the last 20 years, he's told like everybody. He told everybody. Then everybody forgot. And now he's going and telling everybody again. Well, it's the same thing in the movies, too. They keep rebooting that. And he, nobody knows in the beginning. And then he just tells everybody. Yeah, tell everything. Stop yeah. telling so, everybody your secret identity. So The Hunted, I'm only like halfway through. But basically, Craven was brought back. Craven yeah. the Hunter. Mm-hmm. Like that awesome freaking story where he died. It's like, got that like a gun. What? You didn't like Craven's Last Hunt? I don't think so. No, but Holy I didn't read it, but crap. you gave I think you gave the description, didn't you, or something wasn't that the case? I think someone was talking about it. It's like that sounds like the worst story. Ever. I think uh, I think so. I, I believe it was you that it's was like telling about this story. thing and I was like, <laughs> This sounds awful. It's the best story ever, dude. It's but anyway, good. they brought Craven back. Well, of course they brought him back. But I mean like his family brought him back. Yeah. Like somebody in his family brought him back. Of course. And he's pissed. He doesn't want to be back. Because like, he wanted to die, and they brought him back. So this is die. basically kind of sort of a retelling of Craven's Last Hunt, but it's kind of cool. So like, um, um, who is it? Craven. Uh, uh, he hooked up with uh, with uh, Arcade, and they built. And he leaves. So anyway, I'll tell you about the worst story that you didn't like. The reboot of the worst story. Yeah, I, yeah I, but I didn't even read it, so it's not like I could really say much. Yeah, but, uh, well, I don't know what to do. Well, keep talking. Come on. So, but I wanted him to hear this. Why is that? I don't know. Oh, yes. okay. So we're taking another pause. I guess. How do you pause it? Oh, you're fine. Because this is live anyway. So It's live. There's no change in that. He doesn't want to hear anyway. So, He's not going to want to listen. Why is that? Uh, he never likes to listen to the stuff I talk about. He doesn't. That's why he goes to the bathroom when I'm talking. Wow. Because he doesn't want to listen to what I have to say. <laughs> oh, we just spoiled Spider-Man. Right. Right. So... Did you stop for me? I did. We did. did. Oh, wow. So, Craven is hooked up with Arcade, and they basically built... They've been going around, so they hired Taskmaster. Taskmaster. And I guess there's this character called Black Ant-Man, or Black <laughs> Ant, or whatever. Sounds like, racist. he's the evil... But he's like the evil Ant-Man Even or worse. something. I don't know if he's the... Uh, when you call him Dark instead of Black. I don't know if he's like the... Uh, what do you call it? The uh, the uh, dude that Phil Hester 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, that the guy. Blank, the whatever. Yeah. Incorrigible Ant-Man or Irredeemable Ant-Man. Irredeemable. I don't know if it's that character, but anyway, they hired them to go around and capture all of the animal uh, Spider-Man villains, like Rhino and... Most of them are. Animals. Most of them are animals. So, like, they captured all of them, okay. and then they released them into like this dome that they built in like Central Park and they and uh arcade built like they're like uh robot android craven the hunters and it's just like this massive hunt where they're trying to kill people but there was like a cool part where cuz taskmaster and the the black ant or whatever have been working together and they're like sitting there talking and he's like he's asking taskmaster he's like so what are you going to do with your cut of the money He's like, I don't know. And they're like, oh, come on. You're going to be have to buy something. And he's like, well, you know, we've been capturing all these animal. There's one more to get. Bam. <laughs> he shoots him because he's an ant. He's like, you're an ant. He's like, they paid. And it's like he knocks him out or whatever. And he's still talking. He's like, yeah, they paid me a really pretty penny to turn on you. <laughs> or whatever. So like he stabbed that dude in the back and threw him in the ring or whatever. But, uh. No, it's kind of cool. Like at first, because at first, and they did it on purpose. It was like a total homage to uh, homage, homage, whatever, to Craven's Last Hunt. Like the first couple pages of the panel was like, yeah. and I'm like, oh my god, this is gonna be terrible. Come on, Nick Spencer, what the hell are you doing? But he's put a, a cool enough twist on it that it's kind of interesting. I enjoyed it. But, hmm. uh, I am enjoying it, but I'm only like three or four issues in. Cool. Cool. I'm still reading Berserker Unbound, which is the For dark one more. Horse. Yeah, I think there's one more, supposedly. I but I think, did they do the second it. series already? No, not yet. No. We'll see. Um, but this is uh, Jeff Lemire, Mike Diodato Jr., Mike Diodato Jr.'s foray into creator-owned stuff. Um, so, the first couple issues, this guy, like, his family got wiped out. He's like a Conan the Barbarian. Somehow a portal opened into our world. He came over. And he met this, like, bum guy who lives, like, in the, you know, in the park or whatever. And him and the bum guy, like, he thinks the bum guy is going to help him get back to his earth. Like, it's going to take him to, like, a magician to get him back. But they just go and they go to, like, the food kitchen and get some food. And, of course, the dude has, like, gold coins, of course, because he's from, like, a medieval thing. So he uses that to buy, like, a bunch of booze. And the bum guy's like, yeah, we got booze. So they go back to, like, the bum guy's, like, little you know, thing, and they drink their booze, and the bum guy's happy. But they can't communicate because they don't speak the same language. Huh. So he doesn't know what the bum guy's saying. And they need Google Translate. Exactly. <laughs> and so... Uh, he doesn't have a phone. Anyway, so he's kind of frustrated because he keeps thinking the guy's going to help him get back to his world, and he's not. But it turns out that they are starting to kind of bond, even though they can't communicate over liquor and the fact that the oh, bum guy, like, liquor. lost his family, and this guy's lost his family, so they're kind of starting to kind of... But anyway, at some point, he wanders off kind of on his own, and then the bum guy's at the, like, camp, and these dudes come and, like, try and, like... Roll him for roll his, him for roll his, him for his for liquor. His, for his liquor and his no money, and they can't find anything. And then the big barbarian guy comes back, and he gives these dudes, like, a look like they're about dead, and they run off, you know? So it's kind of mm. cool. Hmm. But yeah, there's a cool... Uh, I really like that panel where the guy comes and, like, stares him down. Deodata's there it is. Deodata's awesome. awesome. But yeah, there it is. He's, like, just staring these dudes wow. down. It's just like, ooh, that's cool. So, I mean, it's got some cool moments, and I'm enjoying it. And then finally at the end, something happens. Like, a portal opens, and a bunch of bad guys... Finally. 
and a bunch of bad guys from the barbarian guys world come in and they're trying to like invade our world and so he's gonna have to fight them i guess in issue four hmm. but yeah it's only four issues of there's a one more that's been solicited i don't know if it, this is going to be the if four is the end or if they're going to try and keep it going because there's a lot of story possibilities but i thought they had like an already like solicited like another four issue story arc or something i haven't seen that but uh, uh, i could be wrong but uh, anyway, I mean, I'd be totally happy if it kept going. Because I love Diodata's art, and I love Jeff Lemire, and I like Barbarians. So Diodata hasn't done a lot of interior stuff lately. Hasn't he? Done I thought covers. he did Savage Avengers. Or yeah, something. he was doing Savage Avengers. I think he does stuff. He only does like probably six, seven issues in a year or something. Though. I mean, why would you do sequential interiors when you could just pump Crank out, out covers? covers. Yeah. <sighs> No, I'm serious. I know. I know. I'm, I'm totally understanding. You can make it. Um, you make a killing on covers. Is that how? Uh, they get paid really good for it, and then they can turn around and sell it. I got a lot to talk about. Is that what guys. Scotty Young does all the time now? Oh, Greg yeah. Smallwood and some. Of I read Usagi Jimbo number five. I this think... is the second part of a two-parter. It's a super sad Usagi Jimbo. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a down ending, and I don't know. The other one was kind of light. It was just kind of the yeah. three well, first three issues, down, and then dude. this one's kind of more of a downer and kind of about honor and duty and nah. people being assholes. You said duty, duty, exactly. <laughs> but Usagi Jimbo, I felt this was more kind of what I was expecting. It kind of felt like it had more weight to it than the previous storyline. Yeah, that's that what you'd expect though from. No, really. Origin? Some of them are some of them are light and some of them are heavy, dude. I bound an uh, art babe. I was going to say, that looks like something you might have done. Jessica yes. Abel. Jessica Abel uh, did this. This was a four-issue fanographic series back in, like, the 90s. It's kind of when I was into, like, uh, artsy kind of, you know, type comics, where it's just people sitting around talking. Slice of Life. Slice of Life, exactly. Um, but uh, Drew likes those. Rocket. I do like those. Rocket. What's the Rocket thing? Raccoon? Oh, Love and Rockets. Love and Rockets uh, by the... Straight but bullets. uh Jaime <laughs> Hernandez, the Hernandez brothers. But it's funny, like the Strangers stuff you like in your twenties is not that. doesn't necessarily resonate the same way it did when you're in your forties. No? Well, cause this is like young like college or you know, young people in their twenties, you know, having their experiences in life and talking about stuff and you're just like I remember that, but it's like it's not as interesting as maybe it was when I was actually in the hmm. 20s or whatever. Hmm. Uh, it was still good. I mean, I think it's still a good book, but it just doesn't resonate to him. Like, well, one resonate. story is about, like, this guy and this girl, they kind of dig each other, but they keep having these interactions that are, like, less than ideal, and they just can't quite... Like, they like each other, but they can't quite connect. Connect. You know? And so it's, like, it's one of those kind of stories. And then, hmm. That seems like the story of my life. Right? And then there's another story that's, like, about this girl who's struggling with her career. You know? And there's another one that's about this guy who's, like, moving. He's trying to be a writer, and he wants to move to New York. And, like, a lot of his friends are, like, you're being a moron. And some friends are supportive, and some aren't. And it's just kind of like that sort of transitional, like, 20s kind of phase, you know? Yeah. Which, it's all right, but it was a little bit of a bear to get through. Yeah, what's that called? Art, Art Babe. Babe. You want to borrow it? The stories aren't really connected. They're kind of just all one and done. It's four issues. No, I've already, not I've already lived through that period of my life. And, and I think I read this actually before the last podcast, but I forgot uh, to talk uh, about it. Transmet, Transmet Volume 2. How many hey. is that? That is a chunk. This is 13 through 24. Okay. Um, so is I, this the one looks like back, the one with the smiler? I finally got so, my uh, yes my third absolute volume. Of Transmet? Mm -hmm. Of Transmet. Oh, cool. So How many are there? Three. 
That's three, so it's, each one's 20 issues. Apparently. Apparently, because cool. I think it didn't. I don't know what to tell you, because I've only read, like, half of the first one. Yeah, so I guess there's going to be about five of these, because if they're doing about wow. 12 or 13 for each one. You know, I don't think I've actually read the whole series all the way through. I know how it ends. I haven't. And I've read a bunch I want of chunks to, throughout. Otherwise, I wouldn't have spent but yeah. no, I agree. $300 on it. If you ever read them all, yeah, you know, these are too expensive. They're only like twenty nine nine nine. So, or maybe I just keep picking up these ones from Drew. And yeah, did you read the first one? I've read. You've read it before. Read but did I before. give it to you? Uh, I don't think so. Okay. And there's six of them. I probably so turned it down. This one is almost all about the election. Yeah, like, there's six of them. I think there's gonna be five. That's five. Oh, okay. Because there's sixty so, issues. There's so about thirteen apiece. So you're spending hundred fifty on it, and I spent three hundred. Yeah. But mine are really cool. Yours are that's oversized. Cool. Yeah, that's oversized. correct. Just pay twice as much for a better presentation. Right. Yeah, that's cool. I, I'm not criticizing. I'm just but this no, one's all about where the Smiler shows up. And if it was a book that was more... I don't think the art is the draw on these. For me, I like Derek Robinson's matter, stuff. And so, like, an absolute isn't necessarily needed. There's, like some, Derek Robinson. There's some the definitely some panels in there, which are artwork. really yeah. good. Anyway, back to the story. So it's about... Now, how many interns does he have on this one? Or I think he's just got... The one, and then the other one comes back for a while. Okay. Like, so he has two at that point. Okay. Like assistants. But I guess she's not really his assistant. She just comes back to help out with something. With something I don't even yeah, remember. I don't know either. But anyway, the Beast is the current president. Yes. And he doesn't like him, but there's this new yeah, guy who's him the with smiler. with a gun or some crap on him. Oh, he hits everybody with the diarrhea gun. <laughs> but uh, he's got the smiler as the guy, that and they want him to, to do him, but then he finds some dirt on him and thinks he's just as bad. And so yeah. I think he then ends up bringing that guy down and getting the beast reelected or something. Or, I don't know. Or he does his journalistic integrity thing. I didn't thing. think that he did. He didn't really support either of them. Well, he didn't but, support either, but then but he, he ends up backing the beast. But then doesn't his, like, the, the one that, what would you call him, the public relations chick mm -hmm. for the Smiler, doesn't she get killed? She gets killed, yeah. And I thought that swung things into the Smiler's favor. It did from the public, but not him. Well, right. Yeah, but, but I don't. Public... I don't know that he necessarily got the that the beast got reelected because Correct. I think I don't that think he did. I think the smiler point, won. Yeah, that the I was thinking so too. That yeah. the smiler ends up winning. Correct. I believe that is correct. So, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's all it's it's pretty interesting because it's, it's like politics, a po po political. Yeah. It's all about a political campaign, like I think yeah. the whole thing. And there's this really weird part at the end. I think it must have been like a special or annual or something. But it's like his columns collected like... Oh, I hate it here? Yeah, like yeah. all the columns are collected all together and then they have a different artist do the panel or the art for each oh, that's one. Cool. But I don't know. I mean, that's a lot of texts and columns and it just kind of... You didn't read many of them? I read it. I powered oh, through you? it, but okay. it felt a little dry. Oh, did it? Compared to reading sequential artwork with yeah. pictures and words that kind of move together. Yeah. But it was fine. It was interesting. I mean, Warren Ellis, I mean, this is basically, I mean, I feel like but, Spider is Warren Ellis. You know oh, what I mean? Like, yeah, it's his voice. I would agree. And if you read Warren Ellis's rants, they're not that far off from Spider Jerusalem. Yeah. So, I mean, I think this character is pretty much him for the most part. Uh, yeah. Is that an issue of splash pages? Yeah. I would tend to, tend to agree with a lot of that. Yeah, in the back of it, that's what I was telling Scott, there's like a an issue of just all the columns that he wrote and then with like a splash page of art by a different artist for each one. But, yeah, it, but it's like a bunch of columns all together and it's just kind of... I think if they had broken it up, like one each issue, it would have felt better. 
I don't really want to read a whole a comic. That's a issue for well, I don't want to read a Robinson. whole. I don't want to read a whole comic of just disguises. Thirty of disguises columns. Well, I understand, but Derek Robertson needed a break. That's probably true because they had. I think it was like a special or annual or something. I don't uh, think it actually gave him a break. I have to go back and look. gotcha. So, I'm... all right. The last thing I have to talk about is Nexus Volume Three. This is issues fifty one through seventy five. So. I messed up. You messed up. Yeah, you did. Did you bind that one yourself? I, well, no, I had to, I had this one bound. That's you why it's so nice. Out. I don't have to do the cool black like covers because that's like you have to get like the right material or something and all that good stuff. Yeah, it could be. But uh, anyway, oh, isn't that though? Sorry, um, that art there, golly, golly, it's still splattered just splattered Well, golly. but at the time though, that was such a big. To me, it's shocked the shit out of me yeah. when I was reading that. Sure. And it was not only a pretty intense, gruesome scene, but, I mean, it was also surprising at the same time, Correct. you know, for what had happened. Because at that point in time, she was getting along with Spy Spider, you know, they were kind of, you know, some things were getting worked out. It looked like the politics were working in some, the best case possible. And then that happens in the art that, uh, Derek Roberts. Yeah, that he did for that exploding head was just incredibly, you know, it was over the top, you know, type things as well as being just a. So it added to the shock to me. I mean, that that scene still sticks out of my mind, you know, to this day. When from the time when I read it, just thinking, "Holy crap!" You know, what the heck? I did not see that one coming. So sorry. That's what I was flipping through there looking to. Because like I said, I remember that vividly yeah. of that whole type of thing. And, and remembering that the art on that was freaking incredible, I thought, as well. So, so He was cool. on cocaine at the time. It could have probably. been. Probably. Darren oh, Robertson probably was. Speaking of exploding heads, just real quick. I finished The Preacher, the TV mm. show. Okay. So is that it series ended, over then? Yeah, it's Nobody over. Cares. It ended differently than the book. I don't even remember how the You have to tell me later. I'd be curious. Can I, can I do my Nexus review now? Yeah. I was all getting yes. like, I apologize for just interrupting. Yeah. Well, Exploding Head reminded me, and I just wanted to let everybody know that I'm <laughs> preachers. Okay. Nexus Volume 3, 51 through 75. At the end of 50, there's like a big kind of conclusion kind of you know, major thing in the story. Yeah. Well, after that, Horatio Hellpop decides he doesn't want to be Nexus anymore. So he gives up the power of Nexus. And he goes on, like, his, like, walkabout, you know, trying to help the world or whatever. Walk I guess I Earth. can look through this since all we're looking at is sure. a black... Is exactly. he like Kane? Kind of. Walk the Earth. But think of the universe rather than the Earth. Hmm. So when was this written? I don't know. 80s? 90s. 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 That's mostly 90s, I think. Okay. So... Anyway, so Steve Rude didn't really do much of the art in this one because he had, like, Paul Smith did a bunch of it, which wasn't nice. too bad. Paul Smith is nice. But then Steve Rude comes back for a while. And while I'm reading it, I feel like there's stuff happening that I'm missing because they're, like, talk, referring to these events that aren't even covered in the book. I'm like, what, what are they talking about? You know, it's kind of confusing. I'm following it, but they're, like, saying stuff is happening with Hellpop and he's got, you know, daughters, you know. And I'm like, what? And, but anyway, at the same time, like, people are, like, uh, trying to, um, 
try out for Nexus's job. So they're like having people try out to get the power and see if they're the right one or whatever. And so turns out after issue 50, Steve Rude decided he wanted to do a painted book. So he did a four issue series that's not part of the main Nexus series that was like a limited series that is this story that I was confused that I was missing. Well, I didn't even realize that thing existed. So when I bound it, I like, I didn't know that was there. I should have probably bound it like in sequence or something, you know? But I did not. Hmm. It's already bound. You can't like unbind it. Or you can. So Anything not, can be unbound and rebound. Not, not really very well. It could. Okay. It's possible, I suppose. But anyway, so that was kind of frustrating. In this day and age, it's impossible to unbind and bind, rebind a book? No, you can. You can tear okay. it apart. Well, I, don't, I don't know what would be left. I mean, I think the... I mean, you pretty much destroy the comics when you bind them the first time. So, I mean... I mean, they're sewn. Uh, There's like, they're like sewn together and they're cut and they're uh, glued. Yeah. I mean, I suppose you could tear it apart eventually, but I don't know what would be left. Yeah. I You'd probably be better off reacquiring it. them and putting issues in and rebinding them. Uh, yeah. And then sell this crappy... Correct. Janky copy. But in, as far as the story goes, just to finish that, I guess I should. <laughs> Eventually, someone does get the job of Nexus, and as he gets power mad, he goes kind of off the rails, and then Nexus has to come back and, like, you know, stop him. Put him back in line. Hmm. Yeah. So. What do you think of Nexus? Is that the all? end of it? I love 75? Nexus. Yeah. No, it goes. So it 175. Went, it went to issue 80 of that run, but then they started putting out the miniseries through Dark Horse, and they continued the legacy number, and I think it goes to like 101, 102 maybe. But then, like, the format's all over the place. Then Steve Rude started doing like that newspaper thing, you know, and, that, and doing strips in there, and so I think I, my plan is to bind it to like 101 or 102, I think, and then mm. we'll see where we're at. Gotcha. Hmm. So, but it's been very sporadic in the last 10, 15 years, probably. Gotcha. But, yeah. So, I did start watching that Steve Rude documentary a little bit. Yeah? But I didn't get very far. It's kind of interesting. Kind of. So, yeah. It's good times. Cool. But anyway, I really like Nexus. Even though Steve Rude didn't do very much of the art in this, it's still, it's, it's, it's good. I enjoyed it. Sweet. I'm really looking forward to the next... Once I get past the next five issues, then it'll be the miniseries, and I think he pretty much drew all the miniseries because they were broken up enough that he could pretty much have time to do them all. So, that'll be good. Gotcha. So, that's all I have. Do you want to talk about Preacher now that I'm done with my next issue? Come on. How did it end? Tell Scott how it ends. I'm, I'm like really curious. <clears throat> how many seasons was it overall? Three? <clears throat> four. Four. Okay. I think four. Because in the book, doesn't, doesn't he finally kill God? Yes. Well, actually, the Saints of Killers finally kills God. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's the same. So, like, Saint of Killer, all that kind of happens. Saint of Killers sitting in the throne yeah. in heaven. Yeah. Like, he's run, run in heaven or whatever. So I guess. But, so then they do... But like, then they have that battle at the end and whatever, and between Cassidy and Jesse was at the end of the other one. Uh, yeah. Well, they do a, kind of an epilogue where... Because everything kind of... Because they, they're doing, like... Uh, the they're bringing up about the apocalypse or whatever the Armageddon yeah and they have like a they have like a whole show like a like they got like baton people with a countdown clock to like you know 50 minutes yeah, till Armageddon, Armageddon or whatever yeah, yeah. and uh 
Humperdoo is supposed to sing. Oh, he's still alive? Okay. Yeah. Well, one of them. They cloned, they cloned the Humperdoos. Okay. So, and I think he's the original one. I can't remember. But <laughs> anyway. So, anyway, um, that all happens, and uh, God goes to each one of them and tries to get them to turn on each other. Well, Cassidy does turn on them. But then I think he comes back and they're all fighting at the end and then Cassidy leaves. But is what they do is so um, they kind of have like an epilogue where um, Jesse and Tulip are together and they're like running a mechanic or like a garage or something somewhere. Okay. I don't remember. And they have a they have a kid, so they have a daughter. <clears throat> and she then a vampire. No, it's cool. Tulip she's an angel. Jesse. Cool. Not Cassidy. I know. She I has the word of God. Questions. Okay. Well, anyway, but then they do a whole thing where they jump like forty to like nine or twenty fifty nine or whatever, and Jesse and Tulip have passed away, or they're at Jesse's grave, and it's Cassidy with the daughter. Because he's a vampire. Because he's a vampire. Does, she, he does he turn her into a vampire? No, so she can live forever too? No. Um. And so they're just like, but apparently Cassidy never got back. Like, they left off, like I had a falling out and he never came back. So mm -hmm. they never saw each other, but it was just kind of like an epilogue or whatever with yeah. Cassidy and the daughter. They hitch in the fields? Over, not really. Hmm. It was just... There was a little bit there after. But at the end of the Preacher, I mean, similar scenario in some cases because of the fact that Cassidy, here again, you know, uh, Preacher and Tulip end up together. And Jesse, you know, and Tulip end up together. But Cassidy is, you know, no longer a vampire, so to speak, you assume. And he's on the road somewhere to God knows where, you know, type things. So they're still split possibly going their separate ways who the heck knows but yeah. you know they're definitely not all three together you know in a happy you know family type of right. thing scenario right. but there is a rather happily ever after in a case that your three main characters all survive yeah that's pretty much it okay well thank you thanks for sharing You're so right. i take it some heads exploded though in that yeah okay that's well it was different because like in the book or, I mean, in the in the show, like Jesus comes, and it's it's so funny because like God is there, and he's like prepping humper. Did Jesus come up and? Well, <laughs> so they were trying to like so Hitler was oh running Hitler, Hitler. Yeah, Hitler was involved in the show quite a bit. Like after the, I think it was like the second or third season. Hmm. Jesse gets mad at um, our space. And tells him to go to hell. And so yeah. he goes to hell. Yeah. I do and then, that happened at the end of the first season, didn't it? Yeah, it might have. Yeah. And then, so he's down there. And Hitler's, so he's in hell. And Hitler's in hell. And then Hitler ends up taking over hell. And then, so they have some weird thing where, like, uh, they're trying to do, like, a, a summit. So Jesus is, is um, hmm. on the heaven side and Hitler is on the earth side and they're trying to divide up souls and so like they're mm. like interacting with each other but it's funny because like um, God shows up and they're putting on the production or whatever and he Jesus wants to be the son 
but God likes Humperdue better than and basically just blows Jesus off and he's like, well, no, because he shows up like Hitler tries to get him to do so he like dresses up like in a rap outfit or whatever and he's break dancing and trying to get his dad's attention and he's basically just blowing him off and focusing on Humperdue because Humperdue's the one that's gonna sing and bring about Armageddon or whatever. I don't know. It was just it was a weird, funny dynamic. How, you know what I mean? Like he's just whatever. Jesus, get out of here. He's like I'm dealing with Humperdue now. It made me laugh. That sounds like it. All right, are we done? <laughs> yeah. All right, cool. I think we were done about an hour ago. Thanks I for listening, everybody. <laughs> yeah. Thanks for listening. Come to AirCap. Yeah. <laughs> that is very true. It if you want to, it would be better than this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that's for sure. <laughs> Bye. Just don't charge for autographs.